Hey everybody, I want to take a second to tell you about Snagit 2022. I don't have time to go into all the details about Snagit 2022, but it has a variety of options for fast and easy to use video creation. It's got new ways to work across devices and platforms with the new cloud library. And your purchase or upgrade includes your first year of maintenance and the newly updated Snagit certification course. With 20 plus videos of Snagit how-tos, certification is a great way to help you speed up your workflows, unlock potential, and get your work done faster. So check out Snagit 2022 today at snagit.com. And now back to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Visual Lounge, wherever you're at, whether you're listening live or to the podcast, we're grateful that you're here with us today. One of the things that we like to talk about here on the Visual Lounge is something that is a broad topic about customer education. And the reason we talk about customer education, one, it's something I think at TechSmith we're really passionate about, but two, we know that visuals and video can really make a difference if you're in that space. Now, a lot of things we might talk about will also apply if you're an educator, or if you're working uh, internal to your organization doing training. However, we're gonna be talking with Doug Brunner today about customer education. And with that, let me just go ahead and introduce Doug real quick. Doug Brunner started at TechSmith as an instructional designer, creating tutorial videos for a variety of projects, including working on Camtasia. He's now the customer education manager, leading a team of nine individuals, including technical writers, instructional designers, and more to help put together TechSmith's customer education strategy and approach. In my experience, Doug is an energetic and optimistic individual. He is really just a delight to work with. And I mean, he is a positive force of good at TechSmith. In addition to working at TechSmith, Doug has worked as an educator in schools in several different countries around the world. And when we were in the office, when that was a thing, you could occasionally hear Doug strumming the guitar, whether he was thinking, problem solving, or just taking a break. And with that, I'd like to welcome Doug Brunner to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Doug. Hey, Matt. That was Thanks a very for, kind intro. Thank you. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's it's great to have you here. It's it's, it's exciting to have TechSmithies on the show and uh, to get their perspective. So I, I said a little bit, Doug, is there anything else you'd want our, the audience today to know about you before we get started in talking about customer education? Um, I mean, I, I'll build on just a little bit of what you said. You already, you really, you summed it up pretty well. Um, but yeah, my, my background is in education. So I, I did my undergrad for elementary ed at, at Michigan State University. That's where I also pursued my master's in educational technology. So education is just pretty much in my blood. Uh, both of my brothers are teachers. Uh, we come from uh, essentially like a, you know, we come from a family that takes education very seriously. And, and, uh, um, starting off my career in the education sector, teaching fifth grade, sixth grade, and then slowly moving into instructional design and then working at TechSmith. It's just been um, a, a, natural a natural transition for me. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be here today, Matt, to talk to you about uh, customer education and talk about uh, what our team's up to. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And, it, you know, I, I will say it, it has shown from the very beginning, from the first time I met you, that education was a priority and that and it really I think it really is is nice to have that because it does feed through to our customers and just the understanding about kind of the learning process. And we know we know there's a lot of people out there that learn our products and it's a, some for some people, it's easy. Some people, it's a challenge. But having you guys work on that stuff is super valuable. Uh, so, so Doug, let's let's kind of foundational start at the basis here. So we we throw around the term customer education. Um, it's but it's not a term I think everybody knows. For you, when when you hear the word customer education, what are you thinking about? Like, what are the types of things that you think 
customer education should do or does do, particularly at TechSmith? Um, when I think customer education, I, I like getting at the real heart of it is the word customer. And to me, our role is to empower our customers um, to solve their problems. Um, and we do that by helping them be successful with our products. So, um, you know, our, our customers, like they're, they're essentially, the way we like to, to frame it is like they're hiring our projects to help them accomplish a job or to solve a problem. And, and our team, our focus is really helping to empower them and help them um, be successful with our products so that they can they can accomplish what they set out to do. And we have a, a wide variety of tactics we use to try to help them, um, whether it's, um, you know, more like formalized training, like we have certification, which Matt, you're very familiar with. Um, we have different tactics such as like we, we create um, tutorial videos, we have help articles, um, we branch out even into um, in-person training, we do live webinars. Um, and really kind of trying to find a balance across all those different tactics to, to figure out like what we can best do to help our customers be successful um, using our products. And, and so we, once again, like the focus is really on empowering our customers to be able to solve their problems. So like we help them uh, as best we can to be successful with our products so that, um, you know, they're, they use them, they're comfortable with them. Um, uh, ideally, they can use them for even more than maybe they even set out to um, when they originally got the product. But the idea there is really just empowering them to be successful. Um, and we do that through education. Uh, some of that education, as I said, is um, through through services like tutorials and, and help articles and webinars. But some of that stuff also like bleeds into the product. And we start talking about like in-product onboarding and like that, that in-product experience. So when you first open um, Camtasia or Snagit, you know, we're the ones that are there saying like, Hi, you know, welcome to the product. Let's help you get started. And uh, we try to learn about why they're here and like how we can help guide them along the path to success. And so um, all of our initiatives are really kind of focused around that, you know, start with the audience, start with the customer. Let's let's like develop a strong empathy for them, understand them and help them to be successful. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. And, and you know, having been at TechSmith for a long time, I, I love that that's been a continued focus and, and emphasis, you know, uh, you know, well, be when I when I got here, that was a thing that we were doing. So it's good to see that it continues on. So, so Doug, you mentioned a lot of these different tactics, right? Like the videos and the help and the webinars and train, like there's just a lot of things that you could do. And so if someone's out there watching and thinking about maybe their own kind of approach to doing some of these things. What kind of, do you have any guidelines or thoughts about like, when do you, particularly let's break it down. Let's make this kind of a little bit more focused. So it's a little easier to answer. Like think about when you do a tutorial versus maybe when you do something else, like that's maybe written, like a tutorial video versus something written. For mm -hmm. you and your team, how, how are you making those decisions? Because I mean, I think for one thing, it would be easy to say, you know, everything is a nail because we've got a hammer. Like we've got Camtasia, let's just, everything should be a video, but obviously that's not the case. So how, how are you making, going about making some of those decisions? Like, and I don't necessarily mean specifically, but like generally what kind of thoughts go into that process? Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll try to answer it a little bit of how we do it and also hopefully provide some, some useful advice, but it, it does once again, kind of go, but it doesn't kind of go back to, it goes back to, um, the customer and understanding, like what they are trying to do with your product and understanding your product and the relationship that they have with it. 
So for, for Camtasia and Snagit, um, they're used, both of these tools are used for uh, a, a wide variety of purposes. And so um, like we're not doing a specific install of Snagit for a company. Like we're not tailoring our, our software to a certain company. So we don't have to tailor our learning as much to a certain company, which allows us to um, take a bit of a broader stroke when we offer customer education services. So where that might be different if you sell uh, custom software that has a custom install for each um, site you're selling or each organization you're selling to, there you might have to develop more specific training. But we, we have a little bit of a luxury. We can take a bit more of a broader approach. And so what we start, what we start with is we look at um, what is the goal of the user? What are they trying to do? Or what is the problem that they're reaching out to us um, to try to solve? And from there, we start to then look at like their motivations. Um, you know, when when um, when a person comes to, let's say, one of our tutorial pages, um, we, we're looking for like, what are they really doing at our tutorial page? Um, and, and we've done a whole bunch of, of uh, survey uh, surveys together data to try to like really uncover like what they're doing here. Are they are they there because they want to learn everything they can before they start using the product? Are they there because they want to learn about a specific feature? Like maybe one of their colleagues said, hey, did you know you can do this in Camtasia? And they're like, whoa, I'm going to go learn about it. Or are they there because they want to just answer or find an answer to a specific question? Um, and sometimes they're there because they're trying to solve a technical support question. And uh, based on those motivations, we try to craft a design and experience that helps them uh, like essentially address that. So if they're there because they want to learn everything they can before they start, well, we try to shepherd them down a path of like, hey, why don't you check out this essentially getting started course for Snagit or for Camtasia. And then that way we can string together um, a handful of shorter videos that like help them get going so they feel comfortable and they can, they can um, and then like attack that first project. But then we also will have like a handful of feature videos that are feature specific. Like, do you want to know how to use the library in Camtasia, or do you want to know how to do a panoramic capture and snag it? And they can like look at just those feature length videos, or if they just if they're looking to uh, answer like a quick question, or if they're like looking for a reference, um, we can point them towards more of our technical documentation where they can look through and see like, oh, now I know what that little slider does in the property panel, properties panel, or like now I know how to accomplish like how to, how to um, like adjust the green screen. They can look up and find a little bit more specific detail and understand like, okay, here's how, here's where I can find an answer to my question. So like determining the type of content we make or the type of content we put in front of our user, we really try to align it to um, their motivations, which I'll admit to you, Matt, it's not easy <laughs> and it's ongoing. So we're always engaged in some form of research, whether we're like throwing up uh, survey questions in front of our users, like we do them all the time. We have survey questions going up on our tutorial pages, our help articles, when we run webinars, we try to get as much um, feedback coming in as possible for us to be able to really understand, like, are we getting the right content in front of them? Are they looking for, are they looking for like a 30 minute video or are they looking for like a 30 second little looping animated GIF? Um, and we, we really try to like essentially like get as much from them as we can, as much direction from them as we can so that we can make sure that we're, we're given what they're looking for. Well, that's, that, that's awesome. And I, and I love that, that approach, right? That you're not just by default saying this is going to, everything's a video or everything's this. And not that we'd ever just do an everything kind of all or nothing, but 
that it all comes back to listening and trying to understand the needs. And, and I think that's a great takeaway. If I, if I can summarize this, it's a great takeaway for people watching this, that whatever you're doing, that could be your response, whether you're using video or images or text or an animated GIF is thinking about the kind of the, the, the goal of your, your audience. So I, I love that you guys are, are doing that, Doug. Um, in this process, I'm sure you're, like you said, you're learning a lot from our, from our customers about their needs. Are there any things that you would say to anyone out there that's trying to do this about, about choosing, like, look, you kind of mentioned this with video, right? Like you can have longer, kind of more 30 minute videos or 30 second videos. And, um, what, what holds true about when you choose, let's take the longer one. What holds true about when are you going to decide to do a longer video from a customer education standpoint? Like, because I'm thinking, first of all, the fact that you said 30 minutes intrigues me because so many people want to do short videos. You know, we, we talked about video right. length on this show and other places. Um, and it seems like 30 minutes seems almost kind of crazy. And I, I don't know that we have a lot of 30 minute videos, Doug, but uh, I'm curious what would lean you towards that way versus say a short video. Right. And we really, we really don't have a lot of what I would call like long form videos like that. But um, to me, it really comes down to the topic that you're trying to cover. Uh, so we tend to keep, uh, when we have a long, like there tends to be like a stylistic difference um, when we create more of like these long form videos versus our shorter form videos. So our average tutorials are usually between like anywhere from two to six minutes long. And those tutorials are usually very well planned out. They're usually attacking a specific um, uh, topic or workflow. Um, once again, they're really planned. So like they, they get right to the point. They speak right to what, what, we, um, what we're trying to teach them. And like there's not a whole lot of room for uh, personality. There's not a whole lot of room for um, like extra explanation. Like we tend to remove any sort of cruff when we, they're just very – they're short, they're quick to the, to the point. Um, and they're just like very high quality instruction. Um, but the, but they tend to tackle like smaller topics. And so, um, when, when you're looking to tackle something more advanced, so if you're teaching some more advanced skills around maybe like video editing in Camtasia, and if you're trying to teach something that maybe has to do more with like style of editing or how to get certain effects, that you really want to be able to explain and kind of talk and like move at a slower pace so that a person, um, as they're watching, they have enough time to really digest what you're thinking um, and follow along potentially. And then mm -hmm. also like it, it gives them like a lot of times if you're, if we're tackling maybe a, a, a more complex topic in a longer form video, um, it, it once again allows us to go at a slightly slower pace so that we're not, like over over overwhelming um their uh like their ability to kind of follow along and it's like a, a word i'm trying like trying to it's at the tip of my tongue and i can't think of it but like we don't we don't want to like overwhelm their cognition essentially and like we want them their cognitive load there we go cognitive load we want, we we want, yes geez i couldn't think of it like we, we want to we want them to like maintain like a like a, a very calm state of their cognitive load there so that like as they're following along, they're not like, oh my God, he's zipping through all this. It's so fast. I have to watch this three times to get it. It's like, no, we're going to go at a more leisurely pace. We're going to um, include some more detail. We might talk about, we might give you some more tips and tricks. It's like a little bit more of like that webinar feel, but it really has to do with the topic we're trying to teach. Uh, you know, it's like you can't take an advanced topic and teach it in a really short amount of time 
um, and expect everyone to watch it and get it and be like, okay, I watched for three minutes. Now I understand this really complex thing and I'm, you know, I'm an expert at it. A lot of times you just have to take a slower pace and allow people to acclimate to the idea um, and just really, you know, really become comfortable with it and maybe follow along and um, just move at a slightly different pace. Well, it seems like also in there, there's sometimes those nuances of like little tweaks of things that, you know, and I was even uh, playing with some stuff in Camtasia. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like a lot of these just little things I tweak. It's different, right? Like, and you can't explain all those things like, oh, just skip over it. No, you got to help people to really understand. Well, I want to I share a couple comments with you, Doug, from our, our viewers. The first comment comes from Jacob who said, uh, let me actually, let me just see if I can do this. Uh, add it to the broadcast so you can hopefully see it, Doug. Says, we mix Camtasia videos into OneNote and other solutions to allow text and video help where seeing something would be much easier than adding a wall of text to explain it. And which I think, I mean, it speaks to like being at that point of need, right? Like good customer education is where you need it. And I think you mentioned that with the like the in-product kind of uh, guidance and help that, that you guys are working on, which I think is so smart, right? Like I know... When I'm frustrated trying to do something, I don't want to, I will go to Google, but I don't want to. I would much rather have an answer inside of, of right where, where I'm at. Yeah. And actually that you, you kind of like touch on a topic that we haven't really discussed much yet, which is like, um, I talked about how like start with the user, start with their motivations and trying to help them solve their problems. But, um, one of the kind of biggest shifts in in the in like the trends I see across customer education and how people approach it is really it really has to do with how people learn and like their learning behaviors. So, um, I mean, for for uh, our customers, the number one place they go when they have like a question or like they're trying to do something in the product and they get stuck. The number one place they go first is they go to like Google or they go to YouTube and they type in a question. And, you know, nowadays they expect to find an answer. And that's really challenging. Um, it, it, it's forced us uh, as a company to really look at our customer education tactics and say, you know, how can we get all this information and all this, all the um, support we offer? How can we get all that in front of our users in the places where they're going? And they're looking. And so that's really focused our efforts in on like essentially baking in SEO to all of our tactics so that um, when a person goes to Google and they search how to do this thing in Camtasia, like our goal is that our content is first because we we believe that like we can create the best content to help them. And so we want that right there. So they find it right away. And, and we take this so seriously that we have like high level company um, our, our business objectives around this of like looking at the findability of our customer education content. Um, but like the second most common place that people are looking for the support is like directly in the product. And so if we can get in front of them at those key points of friction or those key points where they might have a question and we can help smooth out that friction with a little bit of education or answer that question with a little bit of knowledge there, or, or at the very least, um, hold their hand as we bring them into our, our our customer education ecosystem, so that we can, you know, like safely get them to answers that they're looking for quickly um, and efficiently. Then we have a, a better chance of of making sure that like they're they're being successful, and and like kind of the flip side of that, I, I mentioned business objective there a little bit, but um, 
you know, if for those people who are out there looking to start up customer education uh, programs, like a, a key aspect is um, of customer education is it really ties all the way up to business objectives. And, you know, we, we like to take an altruistic stance of like, we're here to help our customers and educate them to be successful. Um, but the reality is successful customers are more likely to adopt your, adopt your product. They're, they're more likely to um, continue to use your product. They're more likely to renew. So if you're at a software company like us, um, if there's yearly renewal, renewals or monthly renewals, um, and you're, you're in a SaaS model, like customers are more likely to continue to use your product, your products and to continue to, um, you know, invest in you as a company um, if they're successful with your products. So like a, a successful customer education program really, um, it supports the broader product strategy, the broader broader company strategy um, around selling products and helping helping people solve their problems. Yeah. So real quick, I want to jump back for a second because you used a term just to, I want to make sure everyone understands what you're saying. SEO, search engine optimization, which is a commonly a marketing term, right? Talking about yeah. how people find stuff on Google. It's interesting to see those things intersect, though, that we're, we're starting to see this world where you're making, I mean, for lack of a better term, maybe training content, learning content. But we have to feed right. it into that the engine that you know is going to allow it to be found because unlike in an, inside an organization, you want your everyone to find how to do these things, right? We're not trying to hold back anything because we want them to be successful. So that's that's super interesting. The the other thing that you talked about um, was that findability. I want to get to to that in a second, but a couple a couple other things here. First of all, a couple of people have given shout outs. Barrett Baxter said hello, Doug. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Simon said SEO, Google Plus, YouTube, FTW. Um, and and so I, I think there's this real, real interesting thing here because I want to get to these trends about, you know, we, so sounds like your content has to be findable. It doesn't right. matter how good it is if it's not findable. Uh, what, what are some of the other things that you've been thinking about in terms of making sure you're cut? Because we can talk about the creation of content. We've got lots of stuff out there, I think, that covers creating content. I'm, Let's let's right. talk a little bit about findability from a customer education standpoint. What are some of the other things that you've been thinking about? Because I know one thing we talked about prior to the show was kind of gated versus ungated, right? Like yeah. uh, by by definition, a webinar is probably gated because you need someone to sign up. This type right. of event is ungated because anyone can just show up that can find it. But is there a place for both? Is there a place that like should we go all in on free? ungated or should we have some gated content? I'm, I'm really curious, Doug, from your perspective, what, and maybe you haven't decided, but you don't have to have a, <laughs> this is not a, yeah, this is not the direction of text, but I'm curious your thoughts and opinions about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my, <laughs> my opinion, my opinion is like, uh, personally is free is the way to go. Um, I see. And, and the reason I say that is because, um, a successful customer education strategy, once again, helps the entire business accomplish its goals. Like a customer education strategy um, aligns all the way up to high level business objectives. So um, for a company like TechSmith offering free customer education, um, it's not only a way to give back to our customers, you know, they're paying for our products, they're investing in us. This is a way for us to invest in them. So it's not a, just a way for us to give back, but it's also like we help them be successful. And then that, you know, that continues the, our relationship that deepens our relationship with them, which um, once again, that like that supports our business as well. Um, but when you get to the idea of like gated and ungated, 
Um, for us, the the vast majority of our content is ungated, and 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 we made that choice because we've been once again like deepening an understanding of our customers and what they're looking for and their behaviors. And, and once again, the number one place they go when they're stuck is Google and YouTube, and we want our content there. We want them to be able to find it. So like we we don't want them getting stuck going to YouTube or going to Google searching and and there's like nothing there. And, and, and um, then they have to try to, you know, navigate their way, hopefully to one of our sites to then stumble upon, um, you know, uh, a course that they then have to sign up for, log into, and then hopefully find uh, answer to the question that they were looking for. It's just too, for us, it's too many steps in the process. Like we want that to be a, like a, we want that, we want to get them the information they need as quickly as possible. So we don't want to we don't want to interrupt their workflow. We want to keep it. We want to like keep moving along. So for us, um, there's a lot of room for ungated content. But on the other hand, uh, as you know, we do ha still have some gated content, right? We we do we do webinars. We do a lot of great webinars. Um, but you have to sign up. Uh, and we also have um, our certification program, which is gated content. And and for us, that's there are the way that we currently handle our certification is it it's a value add. You know, it's a value add for like, you make a little more investment in us. We make a little more investment in you. Like we offer certification as um, a value add for people that sign up for maintenance here at TechSmith. And so it's a, it's a way for people to level up their game even more um, and, and become certified in Camtasia or Snagit. And so um, content like that, we don't, we don't want that ungated because that's not like people aren't looking for quick questions that they're going to find in a certification program. Um, when they're using the product. And so for us, we're looking at like the purpose of the content. And that, that content's very specific, like it's part of a certification program. And so most likely people are going to be searching for Camtasia certification or Snagit certification. They're probably not going to be looking for individual pieces of content from that program. And so for us, then that's like, okay, that makes a lot of sense to then have that um, gated content. Yeah. So one of the things I was thinking about, I'm going to try to, there's a lot, you keep saying so much good stuff, Doug. It, my, I keep losing my train. I'm like, Oh, I got to talk about that. Got to talk about Sorry. that. I'm, no, no, it, it's, it's not your problem. It's, it's, it's me trying to keep track of so many good things I want to talk about. Uh, and I'm, I had something on the tip of my tongue. I was going to ask you about because it was so good that you had said, ah, well, we'll just move on because you know, we can go back and watch the replay and something else. Was it about that. SEO? Because you were you, you had some stuff there, I thought. It, well, it wasn't necessarily about the SEO, but it's I, I think it's interesting the things that you're saying about like finding that balance, right? Like where does it make sense that it's okay to do some of one and uh, uh, some of the other, right? And I think that's really important in these customer education strategies. Oh, I know what it was. And I've been asked this question before, so I'm curious about your answer. And it's not a TechSmith specific question, but... I was at a, an event and talking about customer education, talking about what we do with like the TechSmith Academy, which technically is gated because you have to sign in. But they were asking about YouTube and like, you know, putting, because I know you guys put your tutorials not only on TechSmith.com, but also on YouTube. And they, in their particular instance, they were worried about their like CEO or some senior level executive coming to them and saying, well, we don't want to put our stuff out there on public domain places because our competitors might see that they might, you know, like, and I'm guessing it's an industry where it's a very tight com competition, you know, competitors are going neck and neck and, and they're like, what should I tell my CEO why I should keep this stuff ungated and available for everyone to see? And I thought, well, that's an interesting problem that I'm fortunate that I don't feel like I have to deal with. 
But I'm curious, are, are there benefits to someone in that situation? You think it's like, yeah, go, go ungated or would you argue? No, don't. Uh, geez, <laughs> I, I got this is not, this is not an area of expertise for me because we <laughs> we're yeah, we're not really living in that space. Um, but I guess like the only advice I could really think of off the top of my head is once again, like if you're looking at your users, is it more, if you're weighing the decision, is it more important to like provide that great educational experience for your customers? Will, does that, does that, um, does that benefit outweigh the costs of like revealing some of maybe the proprietary secrets you're kind of holding around your software that you don't want the competition to see. And I'm not, once again, I'm, I'm, this is not an area of expertise for me, but I got to imagine that's what I would be thinking is I would be thinking like, is it, is it better to enable more users to be successful and to like really like offer a, a high level of support that hopefully those customers then talk about? Like, I, I, like, I, I don't know, I'd be, I'd be asking myself, like, if we could create a, um, a, a bigger ungated, um, kind of like repository of content, if that provided a better service, would they then talk more highly of our product and say like, right. Hey, they get our software, but you also get all this great um, support and you can see it. It's right there. Like it's, you don't have to pay extra for it. It's part of what they offer. Um, does that outweigh whatever, whatever maybe like, um, uh, workflows or um, ideas that you're trying to kind of like hold secret by keeping it gated so that the, comp the competitors can't see it or they can't like leverage it as well? Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great answer to a tough question. I, I would only add that I also think your competitors, if they really want to know, they're going to know anyway, right? Like they're going to log like in. Seems like they would. I so. mean, it seems like any company is going to be doing competitive research all the time. So I got to imagine that they, they have a pretty firm understanding of all the main competitors in the space, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm a little unfamiliar there. So no, that's, that's great. So uh, going back to our customer questions here, a couple, a couple more, uh, some guy named Jason Vallad had a question for you. So this would be a good one. We know Jason, of course, know and he's guy. awesome. Uh, <laughs> he, he asked when speaking about video links, what do you suggest for people looking to decide if a video should be short or long? And it goes on to say, the old adage seems to be in play where I didn't have time to write you a short letter. I wrote you a long one. And let's let's take this, and I don't mean to kind of twist, I don't want to twist Jason's question because I think it's a valid one about how do you, you know, yeah. decide with, you know, what kind of things do you take into consideration? We talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious, from a customer education standpoint, ungated content, have you found that there are things in particular about video link that really affect performance of the video? And, and performance is you know, depending on how you measure it, I'm sure. But like, I, I don't know if you guys have experienced, and I'm not talking really long. I'm talking like the difference between a right. two and a half minute and maybe a four minute video. Are there things that you found besides complexity, kind of how much you want to get into depth that you would add to, to answer Jason's question? Um, I mean, we, it's hard to say um, since, since the majority of our content is ungated, it that means it's it's not for for us that means it's not living in in LMS where we have as much data tracking methods as we might like, um, but based on looking at like retention data throughout the view like as a viewer um, 
watches a video, looking at like retention data, um, looking at uh, anecdotal uh, research and surveys we do. Um, for the most part, what like what we see, like our trends are like they, for like video length align pretty well with like industry trends for videos. So like the shorter the video, you tend to see um, like a higher level of retention. You just tend to hold people longer because the videos aren't as long. So like it doesn't take as much time. Like more people are willing to commit to watching a 30 second video as opposed to like a five minute video. But um, when we, we, what we do when we're creating our videos is like we really, um, as we craft them, like we try to plan out the content um, so that there aren't any like kind of lulls or points where people drop off and then we look at retention graphs over time and across all of our videos to try to develop um, essentially like our standards for like, what's, what's the average, what should the average retention be for like roughly like a five minute long video? And we can look at those retention graphs. Then, then if we have a video that is really like not cutting it or a video that's just totally killing it and doing great, we can then compare them and start to look at like, okay, what was going on with the video at this point? Um, that like people dropped off or people kept rewinding this part or uh, people like really spiked here. And it's like, wow, like this, this was a part where um, people were really interested. And we use that information to try to, you know, gauge the success of that content. Um, but when we look at our longer videos, um, it, I don't know, it, it gets a little harder to me to measure that. Cause like longer videos, you just send, tend to see people trail off a little more. Um, so I don't, I don't know, I guess I feel like I've kind of talked myself in a circle a little bit <laughs> and I'm not certain if I answered your question. Well, I, I think it's, I think, no, I think you did fine. I, I think, uh, you know, we've talked about video length before on, on the show and I think it's video length that I think is always, and no offense to Jason, I think he knows about video length. I think it's, it's, it's maybe the wrong question anymore, right? Like it's not what's, what should, how long should my video be? It's I've always should be about what's your content? What are the things that you need to know yeah. or teach? Uh, and video length is an outcome of something that I hope it's like I've made the right decisions and that will tell me how long it should be versus I should shoot. And, and there's there's examples of when that's not true, like for marketing, you know, if you're going to make a TV spot, 60 seconds, 30 seconds. But I think for customer education, other types of videos, it just yeah. depends. Well, I mean, and uh, so I think you totally nailed it and you did, you did a better job answering it than I did. But <laughs> so like. Uh, what we're really looking at when we're when we're um, creating a video is like you're looking at the amount of content you want to tackle in one video, right? And so then you're you're taking into account once again the idea of cognitive load. How much can a person really absorb or or understand or like comprehend during that amount of time? And so if if it's a if it's a lighter subject, um, you might be able to get more content in. And so maybe you have a longer video, but then you're looking at the idea of pacing, and you're like, well. If it's um, if it's going to be a lot of content, then we're probably going to have to slow the pacing down, which might end up being a longer video. And at that point, we're we're kind of like, who cares? If it's a great video and it's covering content that people are interested in, then I, I think to your point, Matt, like I think video length isn't really what we should be talking about. I think we're really looking at like, is this a good quality piece of instruction? And can people follow along? Are they engaged? Do they understand it? Um, are we doing a good job conveying the message? Then if, if we can say yes to all those, then I think people will watch people will watch the video. And we have, I mean, we and we have uh research that shows that as well, that you know, like a successful video, the, the length of the video is is less is less of a determining factor than like what's actually in the video and how well the video is made. 
Yeah, for sure. Doug, let's let's change our focus a little bit because we've talked a lot about video and, 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 and we'll continue talking about video because it's one of the primary things that we talk about in the Visual Lounge. I'm curious, we've talked a lot about like, obviously you're talking to your customers to ask them what they need and what, you know, what they think. But let's say you're putting a video out there. Let's say for Snagit, we had a, re a release back in October. You released some new videos. From a customer education standpoint, and we don't need to give away any secret sauce or anything here, but I'm curious how, when you and your team are reflecting on those videos that have gone out, now that they've got some time, how do you, how are you determining besides just asking the, the customers, because that's, you know, anecdotal evidence. Like if one person says they like right. it, maybe two people say they don't, it's, you know, it's not a good measurement. Are there measurements you're looking at to say like, yeah, this is really working. I think you kind of alluded to some of them in some of the previous answers, yeah. but I'm really curious if, I, if I'm in your shoes, how do I go about measuring and knowing that like, and, it, and we could even broaden this beyond video, but how do I know those are working for their, in, that intended purpose? Any thoughts? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's actually hard. I mean, it's hard to answer that. I don't, um, I don't personally, personally know of like an easy way to measure it, but I can tell you how, how we attempt to measure that. So we tend to look at a lot of, uh, details around, um, essentially we try to we like look at a lot of details around that piece of content to try to understand if it's successful. So one of the things I talked about is we look at like retention data throughout the play playback of the video. So we can see as people watch videos, we can see how many people drop off like each second of the video. And so we're essentially looking to keep a certain percentage of people um, watching throughout the video. And, and in each of our videos that for the most part, all of our videos, um, the retention graph, is pr looks pretty much the same and that's what we're shooting for. And so like if that retention graph looks different, like essentially there's a drop in the very beginning when people drop off when they first start watching and then it kind of flattens out throughout the main piece of content. And at the end of the video, we tend to see a whole bunch of people drop off, which is normal. And so one thing we look at is like, are there any weird trends in the video that should cause us to go back and look at it? So we look at like the retention throughout the watching of the video. We then jump into excuse me, we jump into Google and we look at the Google Analytics side. So um, a couple of the data points we look at is how much time are people spending on the page? Um, so if we have, you know, a five minute video on the page, um, the way that our tutorial pages are set up, we've got a video at the top and then we have what we call supplemental content below, which is essentially text in either short videos or images. And it's information that essentially is found in that video it's just in a different format. So if people want to scan um, or if people are searching on Google, like that helps kind of boost our SEO. Um, but if we've got a five minute video on a page and we've got supplemental content below, um, we're looking at what's our average time on page, which you can see through Google Analytics. So if our average time on page is only like two minutes, then we're asking ourselves like, whoa, what's going on here? How come, uh, you know, how come people are getting this page but then jumping really quickly? Um, and then on the, on the flip side of it, if we see that our average time on page is really high, we start to ask ourselves, like, is this a good thing? Is time is a really long time on page good? Or is that like, mm, they don't quite understand this. They're spending a lot of time learning about this. And that then is like a trigger for us to go look at this piece of content and ask ourselves like, okay, what's going on here? Do we need to invest more time? Um, and then we also look at uh, page views through, uh, through Google. We just see like how many people are accessing uh, that page. We see like how many views is it getting to then get a sense of like, how does that compare against all of our other tutorials so that we get a sense for like, wow, this one, 
this new tutorial is just getting tons of views. Like people are really looking for it. This is definitely a piece of content that like we, we like made the mark on and people are looking for it. Um, so that those are like, it's, it tends to be like we collect a whole bunch of small data points and we try to like paint a bigger picture out of it. Well, I think that, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and I, and I love that, that like the fact that your, your tutorials are so consistent in some of that data is just, it just fascinates me that how could it, you know, be so consistent that you're looking for the anomalies, but in some ways that makes it really easy to see if something's happened, right? Like you get a, a weird sudden drop or a, a big spike. Yeah. Cause then you can go to that time and say like, what's going on here? Maybe there was something weird on the screen. Who knows? And but and it, I, I want to give like a real quick shout out because one of our instructional designers, uh, Chandra Owen, wrote a really cool blog post where she talks all about um, our retention trends across our videos. So um, for those of you that that's an, it's a new topic or a new concept, like um, I, I encourage you to go read it. It's pretty interesting. It talks about our videos and talks about the trends we look for. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, and we'll we'll see if we can get a link to that, and we'll have if Jesse can find that and put it into the chat. We'll we'll share that out because, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, right? Like we've got this whole it's customer education got this whole cycle of things that you're you're doing. You're trying to figure out what content to create, then you're creating the content, and then you're getting the content posted and out there, and then you got to evaluate to make sure it's the right stuff, and then that cycle starts over, and hopefully, it's feeding all the stuff that you just did, and you're making changes and adjustments. Um, Doug, we've covered a lot of ground, uh, and I just I want to put a, maybe a higher level question out there because we talked a little bit about some of the trends, and I'm curious when it comes to customer education. And I, I know you're you're on top of doing a lot of different things, looking at kind of trying to look at the future to to manage your team to know where they they should go, what types of things you should be doing. Are there any trends that you would want us to know about in customer education that you think would be impactful for the the audience of the Visual Lounge, people who are probably interested in visuals, uh, video, things like that, um, that we should be paying attention to or thinking about or things that you just are on your mind in terms of what you would like to be able to do with the customer education for the team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to speak directly to a customer education trend I see happening. And it definitely has to do with visuals and video as well. But um, uh, this is a really interesting trend happening. Or maybe it's, I guess maybe it's more of like a, a, a shift that's happening which is um, customer education content. I know this happens for us, and I've talked to a lot of other people um, that manage customer education teams where they see this happening as well. It's more and more of our content is starting to be um, used uh, by people who are interested in purchasing a product. Like it's used before purchase even happens. And so what we're finding, like we find for our tutorials anywhere from 30 to 50 percent like we don't have an accurate range yet but roughly 30 to 50 percent of the people who are looking at our tutorials haven't purchased our products yet and our our tutorials get an incredible amount of views and so for us like we're looking at that and we're saying like man we are essentially unintentionally creating uh inbound marketing content like people are they hear about Camtasia or Snagit, they go to Google, they do a search, and they go. They must. They they must go past our marketing, or maybe they look at our marketing first. But they end up on our tutorials, and they watch some of our tutorials. Um, they watch a few videos, uh, and then like they either it either leads to a purchase or it leads them down a different path. But essentially, like we are seeing a, a, a sizable chunk 
of the people who are coming to our content have yet to purchase the product. And this is a really interesting shift because we also see uh, marketing, particularly like marketing at TechSmith, like we're forming a much closer relationship with our marketing department as they start to create more content like this, like the Visual Lounge, where it's content that's very focused on um, educating people. It's training content. It's not quite as specific as what we make, um, but it's content that's designed to bring people in with like, just high quality content. Like let's let's teach let's teach people. Let's share our knowledge. Let's be a thought leader in a space, um, and let's bring people in. And and what we're starting to see is that there's a bit of a merger between what we do and what our content marketing team is doing. And it's a, like it's it's a fascinating trend because it's so unintentional. Like um, teams like us are just like kind of noticing, you know, we're noticing this and they're like, we're kind of like, what do we do about this? This is interesting. Like we, we, we have an opportunity here. Who do we talk to? And your own markings right there. And they're like, Hey, they're knocking on our door. And they're like, Hey, 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 guess what? Uh Uh-huh. You know, we want to, we want to start working together more. And it's a really cool, it's really cool. I mean, at, um, here at TechSmith, we are very fortunate that like, we already like our customer education team, we already have a very close relationship with marketing um, so it's, it's not like a new relationship we have to develop. We're just developing a closer relationship, but, um, it's, to me, it's a fascinating trend because it's, um, you know, it's, it's not really, as we create our tutorial videos, as we run our webinars, as we're building our certification series and whatnot, like, um, I have to admit, we're not always thinking like, Hey, a big chunk of the people looking at this are prospective customers. Like we are thinking like, let's just create great quality instruction that teaches people how to use our products. And we're finding that it's having like a different effect for different audiences. Like some people are just, they come in and they watch it just to check out the product. And I got to like what we, um, based on the survey data we've been asking and learning about is we're seeing that they're arriving to our content and they're saying, um, essentially their main motivation for this, this chunk of people is they want to know, is Camtasia something I can use? Or is Snagit something I can use? And so to learn that, they watch a few tutorials. Um, and so this is a, this is like a really exciting kind of like new uh, venture we're heading down. So, yeah, that, that it, it's awesome. And and I, I mean, I'm just gonna say. So I've been I, I talk about being a TechSmith a long time. I'm gonna say the interesting thing is TechSmith is we're usually ahead on things. On, on sometimes like this, we get lucky. Uh, when I started uh, the. I was an instructional designer, much like when you started, Doug, doing Camtasia and Snagit stuff. And um, we, in my first six months, we actually rolled into the marketing department. Like uh, just nature of like things changing at the company, right? And they needed a, they needed to put us someplace. And no one knew what to do with us because we weren't training as an internal HR training. Um, and we saw that we didn't have a name. We didn't have the name customer education, but we called it customer engagement. And we were, but in that time it was like the technical writers, the instructional designers, and then the support, like technical support, we're all a team, right? So it's interesting yeah. to see that this is now the way that the, the industry is going, but I love what you said. And this is a, for me, this is the key takeaway that you're not focused on trying to make great marketing content. You're not focused on trying to make great sales content. But because you're being helpful, you're making just good, high quality stuff using our products. You know, you're not trying to pull the wool over but anybody's eyes and doing anything too crazy. You're just using the product, showing what it can do. That that ultimately is helpful, and that helps people 
to in that decision making process to to whether they they use our products or not. And I think that is what a great value. What a great thing that you you and your team are doing because I love it when people help me. Like that that endears them to me, right? And I think you guys are just doing a fantastic job creating all those tutorials and let's just put a plug in. We did put a link to the tutorials in the chat. So if you haven't seen the TechSmith tutorials, go check out what Doug and his team are making. And you guys are cranking stuff out. Like you guys put out so much content every single year with the releases and everything. Uh, it's, it's impressive. So kudos to you and managing that team and all the instructional designers, Thanks, technical man. writers. It is, guys, if you haven't seen it, it's a ton. It's a ton of content and you guys do so well at it. So congratulations, Doug, for all that, that hard work and Kudos again to you and your team. Well, yeah, it's mainly my team. I'm just here helping <laughs> out. So I, I appreciate the kind words, Matt. That's great. Well, Thank you. I do know at one point you were, I'm pretty sure it's, if you open <laughs> up the, the Getting Started Project, that's your voice in there. So I know you've had your part to play too. I have. Yep, I have. And it's uh, it's been a great, been a great experience. So let's let's do this. Let's. Uh, I, I know we got one more question. We didn't get quite all the clarification on it. But then, if anyone else has questions, we're going to take those. And but then we'll let Doug get back Certainly. to his his busy day. He he's got a lot going on. Uh, so Jacob asked another question, and we're gonna we're gonna make some assumptions because he didn't. I don't think he uh, clarified for us. But he said, "What is the best way to share Camtasia videos on the web?" He says, "I've used Vimeo. I was thinking if you want to wanted a link to share with many to embed." Um, my question to Jacob, really, the first question I would have, Doug, is, you know, is it for SEO purposes or is it just to, you know, share it? Um, right. What, what are your thoughts? Because I, I can imagine from a customer education standpoint, there's lots of tools out there, lots of ways to put video on the web, uh, more right. so than there's ever been. Is there a preference to how, how people should be sharing their videos? I mean, we, we host all of our videos on the TechSmith domain. So like each tutorial has its own page. And then we use Wistia as our hosting platform. We find that Wistia offers the most flexibility. So you can, you can, style, you can control the experience of the player. So it's nice and simple and it fits in with the brand. And they give you, um, they give you great stats. Like as I was saying, like the, being able to see retention over time, that's where we get all that information from. Um, that said, I also would highly encourage you if you really want people to find your content to also put it on YouTube. Because that, I mean, if, 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 uh, if Jacob's, uh, customers or anything like ours, they're probably looking for content through YouTube as well. You know, it's just like when people think video, that's, that's like the, the growing trend of like, that's the place they go. They're like, I got to watch a video. They open up, they open YouTube and they start typing whatever it is they're searching for. So if you want them to be able to find it. Um, you know, I, it, to me, it makes sense that you have it on your own domain, but you also have it on YouTube, um, so that it's, it's both places people are looking. Yeah. It seems like that's another one of those great questions you could ask, right? Where, where are you finding videos? Where do you, where do you go for videos? Uh, you know, cause I would imagine that Vimeo might work for some people or, uh, there's Vidyard, there's Twitch, there's, I mean, Instagram right. TV or, or whatever it is, you know, I'm, there's so many places to put videos now, I guess it matters. What really matters is, like you said, uh, how do you want, where are they and how are they, how, how do you yeah. want them to find it, right? That's a good point. Yeah. And understanding like where are your customers going to look for videos? Like depending on what it is, whatever product it is you sell, like finding the right channels. Absolutely. 
Garth said, when people can see the value to them, which is undeniable for TechSmith, then they are bound to purchase. That's a, a, a great point. Hopefully, hopefully everyone sees the value of this show as well as what Doug's team is doing. <laughs> um, Doug, let me just say this. Thank you so much for all your great insights and thoughts. Um, thank you for all the things, again, that your team does. If, if someone wanted to reach out to you, ask questions, or maybe follow up with something, is there a good place for them to do that? Should they reach out like via Twitter or how, how, how would you like them to connect with you? Uh, I guess at this point, just be email. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if we make the email addresses public or whatnot, but if people want to reach out, um, that's probably the easiest place at this point. How about this? We'll, do, we'll make this easy for everybody. Just email. If you got a question for Doug, I can connect you. Email thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. That way, no one's going nefariously taking his email address. But once you figure it out, it's pretty easy. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and reach out to, to again, thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. We're happy to field those questions. We'll forward them on to Doug. Or if you have questions for us in general, or feedback, things you'd like to see, of course, we're happy to do that as well. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Doug, thank you once again. We're always appreciative of your time. We know you're busy. So great, great to have you as a guest today. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. You bet. Have a great day. Oh, I cut him off too soon. My finger got pushed a little. So sorry about that, Doug. Uh, but anyway, everyone, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the Visual Lounge. We're so happy you guys are here. Let us know if you like what you're seeing. Make sure you're, if you're on YouTube, you hit subscribe. If you're in the podcast, you can download it. You know, wherever you're watching, give us a like, a like, a thumbs up, whatever it is that helps us know that these things are useful. Now, if you want to connect with us, we told you our email, thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. We'd love to hear your feedback about what you think, shows, ideas, topic ideas, things like that. So with that said, we're so appreciative of everybody again, once again, tuning in. And we're just hoping that you will take the time, whether you're making videos or images, whatever it might be, take the time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.